is just days away. This is the TKW podcast and it is our free agency preview. I'm Brian Giberman. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Giberman. Kyle Maggio is here with us at Kyle Maggio. Kyle, what's going on, man? Not much. Excited about RJ, but you know, ready for free agency now. All right. You can follow the TKW podcast at TKW podcast, the Knicks wall at the Knicks wall. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the Knicks Wall podcast on iTunes, and you can always follow up, uh, find us with Blue Wire Pods to get. So we know free agency, we know all the names, but to properly set the table for free agency, what we want to do is take a quick look at their cap situation. To do that, Kyle and I aren't cap experts; we don't pretend to be, but we do have someone who is Jeff Siegel. From earlybirdrights.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Siegel. You might be able to find his cap information on the Knicks wall sometime in the near future uh, when Jess returns from Spain. She's getting drunk. So that's more important than uh, getting stuff done on the website. We all have Jess. <laughs> yep. All right. Jeff, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm good. Thank good, you for good. taking time out for us to do this. Now, just give us a just overview of what the Knicks cap situation is right now. What what do you see? What do you find interesting about it? What's the basics of it? I mean, they've got a whole lot of money to spend. That's that's the the, the be-all, end-all for them is they've got nearly $70 million that they can spend on free agents. And, and it's really more about which free agents want their money than, than finding the right guys for, for their fit. I mean, certainly they're going to be active in looking for, you know, the superstars, the Kyrie Irvings, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, you know, they're going to try to bang down those doors and try to try to get those guys in, to, in, in the door for a meeting, whether those, you know, meetings are successful or not is, is, you know, a whole nother thing, you know, a whole nother thing to discuss, but that's, that's their goal this summer. They're trying to, to, you know, hunt some big game out there and they're trying to, to find, you know, the best two max players that they can bring in, uh, you know, for that $70 million. What what are the mechanics for them to get to that seventy million? Because right now it technically isn't open. It's not technically open at this point. They need to they need to let go of Lance Thomas and and Damian Dotson to get to that full you know that full seventy million. They can also I assume in the next few days that they will opt out of John Jenkins and Henry Ellinson's contract. They will not you know they 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 shouldn't retain any of their you know free agent cap holds. They don't need twelve million dollars of Emmanuel Moutier. They don't need two million dollars of Luke Cornett on their books. They certainly don't need you know twenty seven and a half million dollars of DeAndre Jordan. Those are just cap holds that are easy easy enough to renounce. I think that's that's where they'll they'll start. They can't unfortunately get rid of of Joe Kim Noah's six point four million. There's there's nothing you can do about that. You can't trade it. You can't do anything. It's it's locked in for the next three years. But even with that six point four on their books and even with rj barrett's inflated salary from being the number three pick he you know he's going to be at 7.8 million on their books they still have that you know have that 70 million dollars to spend all right uh, damian dotson is someone the knicks like they're most likely going to keep him what's the cap sheet look like with him included 
with him included, that'll just cost them. It'll cost them $1.6 billion in terms of keeping him just by himself. Like that's what they're going to have to pay him next summer or next over the next year if they're if he's on the roster but for cap space pur- purposes because they have so few players on the roster it only they're only going to see about $700,000 come off of their their cap sheet because when you when you have fewer than 12 players on your cap sheet which is going to you know they're going to get into that that low amount of, of players because all of those cap holds are going to come off their books as well so if, as soon as you get below 12 11 or, or fewer you end up with for each for each roster spot that's open below 12, you have a $900,000 charge that's just takes it. It's just taken right out of your cap space. So for Damian Dotson, if you, if they want to keep him at $1.6 million, that's going to get rid of one of those $900,000 charges. So really it only costs them $700,000 in cap space to, to keep him around. So for me, that makes a lot of sense. If they, if they really, if they like him and they want him as part of the team and they don't need that, that extra $700,000 that it would make a ton of sense to, to keep him around. This is why we have you on. That was really interesting and not something I would have known. Uh, so is there any advantage? Noah Vonley is someone who is good for them. Is there? And I'm pretty sure he has a cap hold because I was looking at your website. It's really small. Is there any advantage to either keep to keeping that cap hold or no? It makes no difference and they should just waive it. Uh, I mean, I think the the for Noah Vonley in particular, I don't think it it helps. It behooves them to to keep that cap hold on the books because uh, if I remember correctly, and I'm looking this up literally as we're talking, Noah Vonley was signed last summer, making him a a non bird free agent, which I is true. They were they signed him last July. That would make him a non bird free agent, which means that they can only go up to 120 percent of what he made last year to re-sign him under the non-bird exception. So they can't, it's not like they have full bird rights like they like they would on some of these other guys where they could go, all, they could use all of their cap space as long as they keep that $1.6 million hold and then sign him to whatever he, he commands on the open market. They can't do that with Vonley because they've only had him for the one year. So they really, their best, their best option with Vonley is to renounce that cap hold. And even if they want to bring him back and he wants to come back, they can, they can still do that through just using cap space as if he were anybody else. And so that's how that's how I think that they, they can get that done if they want to keep him around. Just treat him like any other free agent out there and, and sign him up using some of that $70 million. Kyle, you got anything before I ask uh, Jeff the last question? No, no, that was really informative. Okay, uh, so... Look, we all, Jeff, we all know what plan A is. Like the, the KD, they hope KD or Kawhi and then whatever pieces they want to fill in the space. Say they, do, which the Kawhi, I don't think they have any realistic chance of actually getting. KD, it's, it is what it is. I mean, if they can get them, great. If they don't, whatever. But what would your plan be if they missed out on that plan A? How would you handle this offseason? I mean, that's that's tough because they've got a lot of money to spend and they, you know, it's not they can't just go into the season with sort of the the roster they have or add some minimums out there because like they have to hit a minimum threshold of about $98 million mm-hmm. in actual salary. You have to you have to spend 90% of the salary cap just to meet that minimum demand, like the minimum salary that you you have to spend as, as a team. So they need to do something with that money. So, you know, I think my, my overarching plan would be to use roughly half of that, you know, roughly the, you know, 30 to $40 million on single year contracts, just similar to just a little bit similar to what the Lakers did last year, similar to what the, the, the Knicks did a little bit last year as well, where, 
sign up a bunch of, of guys who fit with the young guys, can make them better, can be, you know, can be veterans in the locker room, can be veterans on the court who can help these guys develop, make it more of a, a development year for RJ Barrett, see what you can get out of Dennis Smith, make, you know, try to make Kevin Knox somebody who can, you know, affect winning more than just, you know, putting the ball in the basket. You know, th- those kinds of things would be ideal for, for what they're trying to go for. And then, try to roll over their cap space for next year. The next year, the, the 2020 free agent class does not look particularly strong at this point with, with high level players, but some of the players who are on, you know, some of the, some of the, the big, big name players who are into free agency right now will sign one, you know, one plus ones. We, we expect that to, to happen from Kawhi Leonard. Maybe he's on the, on the market next year and is more open to, to, to the Knicks. So I think, those that that would be kind of what I would do with about half of that cap space. The other half of it, there's a lot of bad money out there. There's a lot of teams who have twenty million dollar contracts on their books, fifteen, seventeen, twenty, twenty five million dollar salaries on their books who don't want those guys and actively will pay you to take them. And if you're the Knicks and you're not looking to you know, if you're not, if you can't use your cap space on two max guys, using some of that cap space to say trade for Bismack Biombo and a first round pick from from the Charlotte Hornets, that's a, that would be a, a really good use of resources because then you can basically rent out your cap space for a year because you're not, if if you don't have those max guys in tow anyway, you're not, you know, you're really not going anywhere this year with, with all the young guys that are on the roster. You really, you know, the Knicks are big big fish hunting here. They're not trying to spread seventy million dollars across 10 you know relatively good role players like they're trying to hit on two 30 plus million dollar players and if you can't do that then maybe it's it would be smart to take on bismack biombo timothy mozgov jan mahimi you know tristan thompson if if the uh if the cavaliers are looking to get rid of him jordan clarkson again from the cavaliers there's a handful of guys in, in miami those guys are a little bit longer contracts because of the, of the way that that works you know hassan whiteside in miami is another one who makes a ton of money and those you know those teams mm-hmm. might be interested in giving the knicks a first round pick to get off of those guys which would elongate you know elongate their you know their their ability to bring in young players to bring in young players who will fit around their hopeful supermax players either this year, next year, or the year after. I think that's that would be the the plan for me if they don't get somebody big. If they do get somebody, if they get one really big guy, like let's say they get you know Kevin Durant but nobody else, the the, the Durant thing's a little weird because he won't play next year, but then the rest of that money is does need to be spent more intelligently than just using it on uh, on expiring contracts to try to pick up assets. I think at that point you would want to sign up role players who fit around what, what this team is going to look like with Durant or with Kyrie Irving, whoever is their sort of max guy. You, you're trying to use the rest of that cup space on role players and stuff like that. All right. At JC Golf, that's where you find him on Twitter, earlybirdsrights.com. It's the best place on the internet for salary cap information. It's insane how fast Jeff gets that stuff updated as free agencies going, the draft and all that. That's where you want to go for your salary cap information. Anything else you have out there that you want to plug? No, just follow me on Twitter. Follow follow Early Bird Rights on Twitter as well. You can uh, you can find all of my stuff over there. All right, Jeff. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worth, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, 
Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in a discreet package right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to a doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, Kyle, we just heard, I'm just, we're just going to roll through it now. Uh, we just heard him plug his website. What else do we have going on with the Knicks wall that people need to know about? So right now we got our um, speed dating free agency series. Uh, I think we started the week with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we just put one up yesterday uh, for Kyrie Irving. That was written by, I think, Mike Cortez who was doing our draft season, as you know, you guys know. Um, I think tomorrow we have Julius Randle. I know that's been a person of interest. Um, you know, the last week or so when we found out that Randle and the Knicks have mutual interest together. So we'll have something on uh, a potential uh, Julius Randle signing for you there. So we can explore that. Um, but that's about it. I mean, we're just, you know, gearing up for free agency. So we're going to have a lot of those free agent pieces start to come out for some of these, uh, bigger name guys to prep you guys. So, uh, just make sure you're following along with that. And as always follow us on Twitter. As we head into free agency. So this is what the Knicks roster is right now. We got Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, Alonzo Trier, Damian Dotson, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nilkina, Ignas Brazdekesa, Iggy, I, I, Iggy. That, that's it. So that's your basic core roster that we're looking at right now. Let's let's start simple. Any is there any guy that were was on the roster last year that you would like to bring back, Kyle? That you think should be added to that? We're talking. We got Jenkins, Ellenson, DeAndre Jordan, Hazonia, Moutier. Noah Vonley. Any of those guys you want back or you're good? Just clean it up. I'm okay moving on. I don't think anybody's particularly worth it. I just don't, you know, I, as you guys did in the Slack chat the other day when I got mauled. Um, and Luke, Corn- Luke Cornette also is as that's the guy we were fighting about in Slack. I, I, I have to, I have to bring him up. That yeah, is my I just, mistake. Look, I, I get it. Like some of these guys, were a little bit valuable last year, but I just take it with a grain of salt with it being such a bad team. I just get some fresh blood in here, get some better players in here. There's a lot of money we could be spending this summer. Like I don't, and I know you guys made the argument of, oh, if they came back for the minimum, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, sure. But I'm not really thrilled to see 
nine of the same guys back again next year. So let's just trim the fat. There's a lot of money. I think there's better options out there, you know, not even talking about the stars or the second or third tier guys. Like I think there's still better players after that. So I'm okay. I'm okay moving on. We have more important topics to cover, so we won't get we're not gonna get into a big argument about this right now. That's it's a waste of time. Uh, Noah Vonley and Luke Carnett are two depth pieces that I think can be a part of an a nine, ten man rotation that can that can help your team. All right, but that's so that covers the players that were here last year. Everyone else needs to go away. But there's some danger in one of those players coming back if plan A goes right. Say they get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. All right, first, let me, let me go here. We'll get to the DeAndre Jordan portion of it later. First, where are you with the possibility of plan A going right, which is, I would say, one of Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard with another major free agency free agent piece and basically maxing out all of your cap space into two people. You might, it, depending on who the second person is, you might have a, a – an amount of money left over that can you can go get another role player or something like that. Where's where's your confidence level with that? Uh, I'm going to stick with my like 50-50 kind of on the fence take. I just think I understand the recent rumors. I, I haven't been 100% confident that he was coming all year, uh, Kevin Durant. But, um, you know, to me, the reports read like the LeBron to the Lakers thing all year. So that's why I kind of like – you know, I'm a little bit of a believe it when I see it guy. So that's how I've been taking it, especially with this franchise. But um, like a lot of the reports do have the same feel because don't remember this time of year last year too, after all the LeBron to the Lakers stuff, they started talking about, oh, LeBron might take a meeting with the Sixers, the Sixers. He's got this tie to Ben Simmons because of the agency and da, da, da. And all of a sudden the Sixers were this like the new flashy thing right before free agency. I'm not saying that's what's happening with the Nets. I, I do think that there's very everyone's going to yell at me, but there are valid points to go, especially if Kyrie's going there to go to the Nets. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of seems iffy to me. Like I, I can interpret it both ways, is what I'm saying, and it doesn't make me any more any less confident because who knows, you know? The, you know what the funny part, the, the crazy thing to me is that. Even if the Knicks get Kevin Durant at this point, I'm just going to be like my, – my reaction if they get him is going to be – I'm like, all right, I hope it works for the best. And if they don't get him, it's going to be like, oh, all right. I mean it's not the end of the world. And if you would have told me that three months ago, I would have laughed in your face. It, it's it's kind of crazy that this is how it's all playing out, that the Knicks could get one of the ten best players ever. And I it's – Oh, I hope it works. I, and it's not about him or anything to do with what his talent level is as a player. But we have to acknowledge the dangers that there are with signing him. He's You're basically wasting two years of his contract. And it's only a four-year contract. The first year, he's not playing at all. The second year, it's going to be returning from an Achilles injury. And it's going to be playing... You're not going to be able. He's not going to be going out there playing 35 to 38 minutes a night. This, this situation is just so much different than it was before the injury, and 
Ky- Kyrie coming with him and playing a year without him with all the kids. I, that it, that has disaster written all over it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's I, I do kind of feel the same as you. I feel like we had a kind of battle to get to this point in the year. And I just kind of feel, I wouldn't say dejected about it or anything, but it's just like... I, 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 oh, it is. That, I, that's a good word. Yeah. It, it can... Let me. It is dejecting. Deject. I am kind of dejected because I would have been sky high if they would have gotten KD before the injury, and now they get him, and just like, ah, oh, cool. But yeah, uh. it's. I don't want to say. I don't want to make everything about the Knicks because he might not even sign here. Might never have been about the Knicks. Who knows? But you know, seeing him go down, like, and I didn't say it in the moment. I was trying to be respectful, but like, like of course, like if he really was slated to go to the Knicks, of of course. That's how his heroic moment in Game Five goes. You know, like of course that's what happens. That's all I kept thinking. I didn't, again, I didn't say it. I was trying to keep it cool because it's just a shitty injury. The Knicks don't matter in that moment. But uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean it's like if we get him. I, I said in the last pod, I think, or the one before, like yeah, do I think he's still going to be very good when he comes back? Yes, his biggest skills being a very tall, possibly one of the top what three or four jump shooters ever, just wildly efficient. So do I think most of that's going to carry over? Yeah. Is he going to do less dribble drives and everything like Sam was saying last week? Yeah, but even still, that that's good enough for me. But even it, – it's the Achilles. It's the fucking Achilles. And it's just – like you said, it's not just one year. It's the second year too. Like Gordon Hayward had a, a, a much more vicious and freak accident. But even, you know, Paul George, another guy who suffered a big injury. Like when you come back from these, like you might be very good. Like Paul George was still okay. He was still good. He just wasn't himself. So there's like a ceiling that second year, no matter what you do. And maybe this goes even, you know, maybe it goes amazing. Who knows? Or we're wrong. I'd love to be wrong. But yeah, it just, I don't feel gross about it. But it's just like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll take my chances with the top 10 guy. But if it backfires, it backfires. It, it is what it is. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's kind of, it's not a buzzkill. It's just, it, it, it's, yeah, it changes things. It is, no, you're right. It is a buzzkill. It's, it's dejecting. It's a buzz. It's, kill. It's yeah, I'm just trying to be like, it's things. not about us. You know what I mean? Like the guy tore his Achilles. I don't want to make it sound like it's, it, it's, it's not his fault. It's a freak thing. It's just that if, if that were true, that he was for sure coming, I, I, I just hope that he comes at this point. Just cause at least like I have like one thing to fall back on. Like, okay, well he is Kevin Durant when he comes back. Yeah. I can talk. I can, it, it's different, you know, and then I, I can, I can be more tolerant and patient of the kids, I even feel like, you know, like there, there won't be as much pressure for Knox to to make up for last year and take a really big leap. You know, RJ's not going to have to be perfect from day one. So I just think, like, it would be it'd be enough for me. I'd be happy about it, certainly. I'd be pretty excited the first hour or so, but it, it after that it would feel different because then, yeah, he's not going to play the whole year. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. 
Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. There are some rumors percolating that if KD picks the Knicks or Nets, and with the Nets, it would be Kyrie, or with the Knicks, they get another big-name player, and then they have limited resources, whether it be the little extra cap space that they would have, or if they used an exception, that DeAndre Jordan would be a person that would be included in all this. And that's a no-go for me. And let me let me explain why. With what you're dealing with, with KD's situation, if you get the sec, basically you're dedicating what it a half a minimum. It's more than it's more than half of your cap space, like sixty five to seventy percent of your cap space, or sixty whatever whatever that number would be. A significant portion of your cap space to two players. There is no margin for error with what you do with the rest of your roster. And the Knicks have a single young player that I consider a a sure thing to be more than a role player right now, and that is Mitchell Robinson. We both we both think RJ Barrett is going to be a, an excellent NBA player, but we can. I also both think that that's not a sure thing. That's fair. There, so Mitchell Robinson is your one thing. So you cannot take that exception or the little cap space you have left over and spend it on the one position that you know you have something that makes you better as a team. You're only going to be able to play Kevin Durant like 25 to 28 minutes a night that second year back. You need wing depth. You're going to need guard depth. You can't take an exception or that money and spend it on a place that is going to, and even if DeAndre Jordan is willing to come off the bench, he is not coming here to play 12 minutes a night. We like, I know we can't get in his head. I, I it's fair to say, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident saying DeAndre Jordan isn't signing a contract to play 12 minutes a night and let Mitchell Robinson oh, play yeah. 36. And I'm not, Mitchell, and Mitchell Robinson should be, maybe, maybe that's high. But he should be playing twenty-eight to thirty minutes a night. At yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree about and, the Andrew. And so, so you can't be wasting resource, valuable resources, on someone who should have such a minimal role at this. So that's that's a no. You're starting your path of doing what the Lakers did with LeBron, and you're gonna you're gonna you're going to waste him. And I'd rather just not have him. Well, I was almost more mad about the Vucevic stuff. Like. That's not, but that's not if, I don't think, I think that's a non But I just don't like, listen, and you know that I'm uh, about a big, a big, a boogie stand as exists. Like I love DeMarcus Cousins, but I saw his name on the list. And it's like, 
and no no it's like i i get maybe you can kind of do a, a different version of the dynamic he had with um anthony davis but even still i was like that's a it's like a weird like well what are we doing like i just don't like seeing the names like like you said mitch is like the one guy that should be a secured starter at this point like it like I, I don't get why we're still doing this like get him a decent backup like there's one i have on my list for later on with the lesser guys but um you know, get, get him a decent backup. And I, I just don't see what – why are we talking about three guys who are almost surely going to, you know, want to start? Why Why is why are there names on this list? I don't – I don't like that. The Knicks' biggest advantage to team building at this point right now is Mitchell Robinson's contract. Whether it be DeAndre Jordan, Boogie Cousins, Vucevic, they should not be spending any money on a center. A veteran backup, a young – you want to bring Luke – I know we did Luke Cornett and a veteran, perfect. That's completely reasonable to do. Pick another young guy. So a young guy and a veteran. And it, the veteran should be a vet minimum. The young guy should be no more than 2 $3 million even. And maybe even that's a vet minimum. And all your resources should be pushed to other positions. Yeah, uh, I strongly agree. Like my one of my big things on my list that I, you know, of guys that I want here is I, I want shooters. Like, you know, I don't know if they're gonna what they're gonna do with Dotson. I'm assuming he's gonna stay somehow, but you know, he can't be like the only guy who and he runs a lot off ball. You know, like we need more guys to move off ball and just shoot, just catch and shoot guys like Bogdanovich in Indiana. I don't know how much he's gonna get. You know, but I like just go after guys who can like shoot on the wing. Like we never have that ever. There's always like one guy that we sign and that's it. Like it was Courtney Lee for a while. And then it's just, we need shooting. We need shoot, especially if they are going to run it back with Dennis Smith this year. Like Dennis Smith is, is still on his rookie contract. Like go sign some shooters this year and give him some guys he can, you know, really target. Like don't. Like, I just don't want to see, like, more defensive wings. And, like, not that those are bad things per se, but it's, like, we have enough guys who don't really shoot well as it is. Just just get some fucking – like, and some of these guys defend too. You Like, Danny – like, they're there. Just spend some money. All right, let's move to plan B. Kevin Durant or Kawhi, and what do you want to do with the – spot next to them how would you and no Kyrie no Kemba no no Jimmy Butler no Middleton none none of those like you know those no Tobias Harris those second tier guys how would you how would you go about filling out the roster I mean you kind of just answered that but is so is that what is that basically what your plan would be those uh big name guy and then just shooting in defense with all the other money yeah pretty much I just this is with just one of them you're saying yeah, yeah I, that's pretty much what I would like. Some of the the Sims I ran on the TKW offseason app. Whenever I got Durant, I just went and got like shooting wings, whoever they were. Like I always try to hit like a Bogdanovich or a, a Danny Green first. Um, like to me, that's just this, that's that's how we need to keep up. We never have an offense like that. We never have shooters like, and especially you know, let's say it's Durant because that's the one who's rumored. Obviously, you know, Kawhi is a far cry away. Um, you know, when Durant comes back, like he's not going to be as mobile. So get him, you know, some spacing, like let him operate a little bit differently. 
I feel like he's it's not going to be the Warriors again where he'll probably have more space because of, you know, Steph and Clay's gravity, but just as best you can to try to replicate that, make his life easier. Like that's the only thing I can really think of. Get him some shooters to open the floor up. All right, so let's start going through some specific names. Now, some of these guys could fit in in a plan B next to Kevin Durant. They could be in the plan C where no one comes and you have to fill out. The, as Jeff was talking about earlier, they have $70 million to spend. You can't just sit on it all. So my, my plan C, this is how I would handle if they miss out on KD and Kawhi. I would want them to still spend money to get one of those second tier guys locked in and you start the process of building your team up. And then around that you do one and two year deals on short on you do the short term contracts plus you take you still because even if you sign one of those guys you still have 40 50 depending who it is 40 or 50 right. million dollars to spend and then you would break up that money into taking on the contracts or signing other role players to one two year deals to fill out the roster to make this team more attractive in the future you saw what the nets did like this is where i think the nets what the nets did well they made themselves a mediocre basketball team and everyone fell over themselves and started overvaluing everything. If the Knicks can just make themselves a mediocre basketball team, there is some value in that in making yourself more attractive going forward. They can't tank again. I, I don't think it's smart for them to tank again. They need to make this team better. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, dear God. The Knicks are weighing the prospect of extending a considerable one-year offer to Warriors free agent big man DeMarcus Cousins. I'm out. I'm, I'm telling you, I am done with this team. Done. If they do that. What? I'm out. I'm not watching. I'm, I'm done with Perry. Everyone, they all, they're all, everyone should be fine. I don't, I don't understand that. And again, I love DeMarcus Cousins. And I get, and even now, like he's damaged goods. I get that. You know, hopefully he recovers well enough. He seemed to be healthy enough earlier in the year. But um, I just don't – and I'm, I'm asking this earnestly, not even trying to save it, but would, are, they, are they trying to, like, replicate the Pelicans thing where Anthony Davis was basically the rim protector and Boogie played the four or however they mixed it up, but Davis was typically the rim protector. Like, are they trying to go for some version of that because – I can get how you'd be talked into that. But again, where he just had these double injuries here, you know, just comes back from the Achilles. Then he has the, the tear in his thigh muscle. I don't, I don't like, and it's not the end of the world if it's a one-year deal. No, it's that they can't be trusted to build a basketball team. It going forward, they cannot, Oh, well, they just also renounced Moody. So, I mean, there's good good and bad news at the same time. Okay. But, I mean, that, that they had to renounce Moody. They could still sign him. But um, I'm done. Like, I, I won't – I'm not watching the team next year if DeMarcus Cousins is um, – I'm, yeah, that's – I'm done. Like, I'm not – I have better things I to do with my life. I really don't – 
Like again, like I'm fine with it being a one year deal. I just don't get I don't get why that would be a thing. At the one position they have a good player. Find a you're gonna need a new co-host. Uh, hold on. So Stan had another tweet. The Knicks have long been uh, planning to pursue the likes of Durant, Kyrie, and Kawhi Leonard, but are widely expected to take short-term offers. Okay. That's just what Begley already reported. Yeah, but if they there's, – there's no point in trusting that they will ever get this right if they think it is smart to sign DeMarcus Cousins. It's That's the basic truth of the matter. It really is. Like they have no concept of how to build a big – no concept of how to build a basketball team. I, I'm very, I'm just very confused. What's like? What is the purpose of that? Like, the only, I'm trying to think of another. Like, are there any other guys who are sort of like, like who else could they be trying to throw one year offers at like that? Because that can't be the only guy they'd be planning on doing it with. You're not going to throw out like a gargantuan one year, you know, one year contract at, at Boogie Cousins and not have that plan for somebody else too, if that's your line of thinking. Uh, it's just a waste. It's a waste of time pretending like anything good is going to happen to this team if they sign Boogie Cousins. I don't think that's an overreaction. I really, really don't. There's just so many better ways to use that money. And it, it make that doing that makes the KP trade worse and i've defended the kp trade and said that there's logic to it no matter what that that you're getting to the point where there's no longer logic to it if you're taking that money and spending it on demarcus cousins on a one-year deal yeah i don't get it man i don't and i saw a couple people saying smart if it's on a one-year deal and it's like like i so then what well that because i don't think what's the the payoff here like then he looks tremendous after the, uh, a one year deal and and then what? What are we re-signing him after that with someone else? But the twenty twenty mark uh, free agency class really isn't up to snuff. It's a really tragic class compared to twenty nineteen. It's like what would the what is the plan? What is the plan for throwing a one year deal at him? I'm very. I get the low risk high reward stuff unless this is. No, nah, it doesn't make sense because he's going to play big minutes. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Let's move to our plan, which is significantly more intelligent than what we just got told the Knicks would do. Let's go position by position here. Do you have, do you, how do you have yours broken I just down? have a list in sort of the order that I would want them. Okay. Can can you work off positions? I can or work is off that going to be difficult for you? Okay. So point guards. Here are guys like how I talked about what the plan C is, how I would want to sign someone else. Now, obviously, there's like context. And I if I sign one of these guys, I wouldn't sign someone on the wings. Like there's – be smart about this. Like when you're sitting down and talking about free agency, you're just going over many, many options, scenarios, and possibilities. So think of this discussion like that, like – Kyle and I are a GM in a room just going over all the different possibilities that we could have. All right. The point guards I would be willing to cut into future cap space to get him as part of the core of my team. Kyrie, D'Angelo Russell, and Kemba. Any disagreements there or are those all guys you would do yeah, that I, for? I would do that for all three. 
where's what's your take on the Russell situation? I don't think he's been. I don't think he's been in their plans. It seems like they've kind of t- you know been thinking what we alluded to. Um, I think on the pod last week where there's just enough value in letting Dennis Smith run it in his third season. Oh God, Chris! Hey, hold on. Chris Haynes just said there's mutual interest in Moutier returning. Yeah, I'm just done. I'm done with the team. Done. It's over. It's it's over for me. I'm good. That so basically, this podcast is the end of me being a Knicks fan. There we go. How about that? I don't. And I don't want to. I don't want to be instant reaction guy here because I'm done. Like there's no, I'm not watching a team with Boogie Cousins and Emmanuel Moutier next year. That is what's about to happen. So this is just a very, very strange podcast that we have just turned this into. No, it's oh yeah, it's that's the. End. I I just don't like. I'm not watching. I'm not watching the Knicks. And, I, and, and listen, this I, is I said I said last podcast. week on on Twitter, and I got yelled at because uh, the Knicks turned down the Chris Paul trade, right? And everyone was doing this. They should have just and, taken Chris Paul and, instead and, of what they're doing. And. <laughs> And everyone was doing this victory lap on Twitter. And they're like, oh, yeah, not the same old Knicks anymore. We're not going to fall for that trick again. And I was like, guys, like, like everyone's like, you know, this is a the, the new front office, the new front. It's like, all right, guys, like, I like Perry a lot. He's been doing some smart stuff. But uh, let's pump the fucking brakes, all right? Um, we won 17 games last year. There's a bunch of question marks for rookies. I like RJ and Mitch a whole hell of a lot and think they're pretty sure things. But – even then, it's going to take a while, and they got to build a winning team next to those guys. So, a lot of moves that need to be done to get there, and that at that point, when they get there, if they get there, that's when I would say, "Great job, Perry! Great job, Steve!" If I see a big improvement next year, making moves like that, it's great job, Perry! Great job, Steve! But those moves need to happen. I haven't seen moves that have given me fit. like. Their moves have simply simply not pissed me off. That they, they I, I didn't get that agita that you know I used to get when like the Bargani trade happened. You know, it's like it's like oh okay, that's a decent oh okay cool we got some assets. It's like good stuff, easy stuff. You know, making the right decision like short deals last summer, like e- easy stuff here. He's drafted pretty well, and it's like just that's not anything though. There's no sure things yet. Nothing's working in our benefit for wins. So. That's all I wanted. I, when he starts winning consistently or making moves that are uh, showing we're heading in that direction very clearly and obviously, then my hat's going to go off to him. But this is kind of why I wanted to pump the brakes. Like, Moody shouldn't be back. We shouldn't be bringing back the same team. Like, I don't want to see the same team. And it seems like... <laughs> bringing, bringing back the high-usage player that destroyed your team that made it non-functional on offense and defense might not be the right thing to do. And I know there was other things bad about this team, but he was literally the one who was basically given the ball and said, go. And he has no skills that are useful outside of having the ball in his hands. He's not a good defender. 
He doesn't like play off the ball well. Like his one skill is like you put the ball in his hands and you let him do stuff. And he does it at low efficiency. And to get he wasn't even league average efficiency. And he shot like he will from mid-range, like he never will again in his career. And that's what it took to get him from like deathly terrible to bad. Yeah, oh, exactly. Um, it's almost like the Trey Burke thing from the year before where he came back and was suddenly a new man and wildly efficient, but a lot of it was mid-range. Like that's hard to sustain. So yeah, like, and again, I, I remember towards the end of last year, I thought as much as I didn't want Moutier back, I thought people were being a little hard on him given things that he actually improved on, which was, you know, his efficiency, which, which is a big deal for a point guard. But even still, like, it wasn't enough. He wasn't good enough. You know, he, he improved a bunch. That's good for him. I've been hoping he catches out elsewhere. But I don't know, like, why do we need why do we need to bring him back? I just don't – like, even if you think you're going to build a really good team this year, right? Like, wouldn't it be easier if you just kept Dennis Smith and tried him off the bench as the high-usage backup who can kind of play at either guard spot? Like, why – why would Boudier factor into this? I don't get it. I I don't even have interest in going through the name the the rest. I re, I'm so done with everything. I mean, I really am. Like that, that this plan that that this this is even under consideration makes me not trust what I have no trust anymore. Um. This is Phil Jackson bad to me right now. What's a, what could potentially happen? Like they cleared everything out and they got themselves in a good position. They have draft pit. They have they have their plus draft picks. They're not neutral. They're actually plus draft picks. They have the cap space. They have some good young talent that I actually believe in and I think is there's potential for some really high level players, and they're gonna just ruin all of that in just five minutes. I I don't quite get it, man. Like all that tells me is despite our love for Mitchell Robinson and what we thought was obvious um, that he should be moving towards bigger minutes next year, starters minutes next year, that the Knicks front office does not feel confident in him being able to play big minutes. I'm not saying that they're right because I would bet on Mitch at least and just, you know, go at it with a serviceable uh, backup. But I don't get – like he had a really strong second half of the season. I mean, he was blocking everything. You know, he was really, really good. Like that didn't show you enough. I don't quite get – he cut down on the fouling big time. Like I, what, what do you need to see? to let him off the leash a little bit. Like, I don't get, I don't get why Fizdale for some guys, it's like the great, like the Moody thing, like the greenest of lights can do no wrong. He's going to play all these minutes. And it's like, this signing to me would indicate, well, he doesn't really trust Mitch. Like, what are we doing? It's the same thing with like with Frank. If Frank made a single mistake, they'd yank him out of the game. Like what, what's, what is happening here? Why do some guys get the greenest of lights and some, you know, really just don't get any leeway. It's very strange to me. I'm so mad. I'm just angry. This is like that they ruined my favorite podcast to do in the entire year. 
in a matter like in, in, in with two tweets. Like this is out of every podcast we do the free agency preview and going through all the different options. This is my this is far and away my favorite run, favorite one. And I've never been less excited to do it now. You know, what's actually funny, if you want to read about this, this little plug, uh, back in March, our own Harrison wrote a article on if the Knicks ended up signing DeMarcus Cousins. And I'm going to tweet that out now, not that you guys listen to this live, but you will start seeing it on the page again, as long as this rumor is afloat. And uh, give that a look. Tomorrow, just go to nickswell.com and check it out. Just search DeMarcus Cousins. It's a little farther back. But... um follow us at TKW podcast and you can find that tweet at the Knicks wall. All right. Point guards. All right. Why don't you go? What were you going to give your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell? Why don't you go right ahead? Uh, that Oh, that's where we left off. huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's when I was rudely interrupted by the Knicks being idiots. Um, so I, I would enjoy if they signed D'Angelo Russell. Um, I'd assume if they signed him, they're they're obviously supposed to be looking to go after Julius Randle too. Um, I'd like to get both those guys, but just point guards. Like if they got him, I'd be fine with it. He he's taken a bunch of steps uh, as a as a. I know he shoots, you know, uh, he shoots a pretty decent amount of mid range, to my understanding as well. There's concerns about his efficiency uh, sustaining, but. He's always been kind of a shooter, so I'm, I think, a little bit less worried about that. I think he's still young where he's taking some of those weird in-between shots, but he's still, you know, this year he, he, he just looked like he knew where, you know, his spots were better. Um, and I just feel like he's going to continue to grow. He's on a good trajectory. He's a good young guard. He's an all-star, obviously. Um, I'd be fine. And I know his his max is, I believe, up to $27 million. I don't know that they throw the whole max at him, but you can assume he's going to make 24 25-ish at least. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I take him because, and I think I said this on the last pod, it, aside from the upside of signing him, he also would then kind of double as a, a trade asset. Uh, in the New Orleans trade, they hated everything that we had. Like, I know the reports were that we weren't offering everything, but New Orleans did not like what we had to offer. And they said they wanted a very good player back, an all-star to be specific. Like, there's value in having guys who are all-stars, lower-end all-stars or fringe guys like that on your roster, even if you wanted to use them in a potential deal. Like, maybe you're trying to get Bradley Beal over here. You know what I mean? You could sign D-Low, you could sign Randall. And it's like, look, here's some two legit players. You know what I mean? Like, and you, or you can use one of those guys and pair them with some of the questionable younger guys you want to get rid of. Like it gives you more avenues to try to create a trade if you wanted to versus, well, I hope you like these guys we picked out that may or may not pan out. You know, it, it helps to give you a little bit of options. And again, as Jeff was saying earlier, like you can't just roll your money over. Like it's, it's very silly. So if you can get some guys like that, like they're not going to kill your whole cap. That's fine. Like it's not a big deal. You got to spend some money too. So I, I don't think Kyrie or Kemba on their own is realistic. I think the two guys you could actually realistically probably get, you're looking at a choice between D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle if you want to just get one building block for your team. I would lean Julius Randle over D'Angelo Russell. I like Randle's fit next to Mitch. 
Uh, he's already a very efficient player. He's 60 uh, true shooting percentage on a very high usage. Started shooting about three threes a year, three threes a game last season, and he hit uh, 35% of them, or 30, I think it was like 30, between 34 and 35% of them. So he's experimenting with that. It was good. Uh, Randall would be awesome. And I would go my, – so my plan would be first go Randall, fallback, Russell. And were you with me on that or would you go – would you flip that? I would rather get a, a Randall first. I think – and apparently what we want doesn't really fucking matter if they're going to sign DeMarcus Cousins here. But I thought I, I, no, I thought getting uh, Randall – to pair with your starting center, Mitchell Robinson, was what I had planned for this podcast to say before uh, the DeMarcus Cousins thing nuked it. But I thought getting a, a power forward like that next to him, they could complement each other, you know, kind of nicely. Like, uh, it's not the same comp, but it's an easy one to make. You know, when they moved Melo to the four, like, we, he still had defensive concerns. Randall's obviously a much, much different player, but I'm saying in terms of giving a you, you know, you're powerful with the right support. You need a guy like Mitch who can recover like a madman. Like we've seen Mitch get out to the three-point line quickly. He's fallen down, literally fallen down on a on a block attempt, gotten back up, and then gotten out to a shooter to block a shot. Like that's a guy who's going to have your back and cover for you. That's why I wouldn't be worried about the Randall signing. I just think Mitch makes a lot of sense there if he's even allowed to start next year. They really ruined our podcast. Uh, like really, un- and again, like you, you don't. <laughs> you're trying. You're yeah, trying but like, to be you more balanced even, about it than me. But it's you don't even understand. Like I love Demarcus Cousins. You know this. I, I I cheer for him anytime I see him in the Warriors games, fighting through the finals. I I love that guy. I think he gets a lot of shit for no reason. Like he's a good fiery guy. You'd want, but he was so injured. He was so injured, and then. We have Mitchell Robinson. Like, I don't get the point. Again, unless I have to do the crazy guy thing where talk myself into the Perry basically seeing what they had going on in New Orleans and going, oh, we could do that here, kind of. But it wasn't even that good. Like, it was fine. It worked. They started getting better at it before he got hurt. But one, Anthony Davis can shoot in a way that Mitchell Robinson hasn't shown yet. And it, I lean towards and no one loves Mitchell Robinson more than me but is it it is a leap of faith to expect him to become an elite mid-range jump shooter next year that's just not something that I expect to happen there's other ways I expect him to improve in his game to round out but to become a high volume mid-range jump shooter is not something that should happen next season so the fit doesn't make sense. And Boogie, he doesn't have the same explosion as he did. It, it's so bad. And and don't give me this, it's a one-year thing. Like That's money that could be used in other ways. There's opportunity costs to that one year. Oh, all right, one to two years. Okay, so now let's move. Here's a couple point guards that I would like on like a one or two year deal, like a stopgap to help improve the team. The two that I think make the most sense that you could probably afford George Hill and Seth Curry, 
The third I like is Tyus Jones, but because he's a restricted free agent, I don't think it's really realistic. Yeah, I had Seth on my list, to be honest with you. Um, just really like the way he plays. It's very selfless. He can create a little bit. He is a pretty good shooter now from outside. I forgot what his three-point percentage was, but I know he was knocking him down this year. 40, 45%. Yeah, 45%. I mean, like we need more shooters. This is kind of what I was alluding to before. Seth was on my list for that, and he's not a – ball dominant guard like he's basically looking to make one or two moves to either get a jump shot off or blow by you and if he doesn't get the shot off then he's not really doing anything he's going to pass it back out i think that's a useful guy if you wanted to have uh him spell dennis smith or you could even play him along dennis i think at certain times um you need guys like that like i don't know if you could ever have enough like that if you have a couple of those guys interchangeable i mean that's that's good so he's on my list i i would enjoy him being here any do you have any any other point guard type players that you were interested in just check here oh um i don't think it's going to happen but for either one of these two, but uh, Pat Beverly or Brogdon. And we for sure are going to get Brogdon. I just, I can dream. That's just a really, I would enjoy that very much. Um, Pat Beverly, I think, is just going to make too much money. I think we can agree there. Like, I don't think he's going to be, like, I I don't know if they're going to go after him, you know, if, if, if they, even if they get a Durant, like do do they go after Pat Beverly on like a two year deal? Like I don't, I, it just doesn't seem to fit what they seem rumored to be doing. But again, maybe the guy we should be talking about is Emmanuel fucking Moutier because there's mutual interest for him to come back at point guard. So so basically, so basically, we should just run podcasts from last year, right? I mean, we we just there's so many. There, there's so many good and interesting players available. Like, like a lot. And like a lot this summer. It, yeah. Like, there's so many options that I would be down with and cool with. And the stuff getting leaked right now is like the exact things that I am not cool with. Like there's a very minute amount that would make me upset this summer. And they're going to manage to do the – that. they're going to hit that end of the spectrum. Like that's my life as a Knicks fan. All right, let's move on to wings. Outside of Katie and, and Kawhi, the players I would be willing to cut into future cap space for, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Chris Middleton. Any of those you disagree with? I think everyone knows how good the basically the level of these players are. I would say Jimmy is clearly the best out of all of them. Middleton's probably the second, but if you wanted to argue Tobias, I wouldn't be mad at you but those are those three guys i'd be cool with using and getting in and be like all right this is going to be my second guy they're going to make us better this year and then hopefully next year the year after i'm going to whether it be through trade or another free agent i'm going to get my my one guy who's going to push him into the right role yeah i i would agree with that order too um I pretty much wanted any of those three guys. If I've had the same stipulation for months now on this pod, but it was been if you're getting a Kawhi or a uh, a KD, most notably the KD, 
I don't care who the second star is. It'd be really hard to disappoint me. If you sign any of those wings to max money, it would be really impossible for me to be disappointed. So any one of those three guys I'd be fine with. I, I would rather uh, Butler or Middleton over Tobias. I, I think Tobias and like potentially Durant obviously overlap quite a bit. But um, any any of those guys, I, I would just from a talent standpoint, I'd be like, cool, we got some two legit talents in here. We're fine. So, All right. My one or two-year deal, guys. Wayne Ellington, Austin Rivers, Jeremy Lamb, Danny Green or J.J. Redick, I think they are unlikely unless you got the KD or Kawhi type in here. I just think I those agree. two are going to go play for a contender. Uh, Marcus Morris, Al Farouk Aminu, Reggie Bullock, Bohan Bogdanovich, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is the list of wings I would look at on one or two-year deals. Yeah, so I had Shumpert on my list. Um, I had... I'd be, I'd, I'd be okay I'd be with Sean coming back. I just, again, you need guys who are just going to catch and shoot and play defense. Like, you need more Dotsons. So, um, I'd be fine with Sean coming back. I had Marcus Morris as well. I think that's one of those dogs that you talk about. Just a guy out there who could really rough it up. You love having him on your team. You hate playing against him. I think that's a, a perfect fit to come here. We always enjoy those guys. Um, Jeremy Lamb, I also had actually... And he's young. He shoots well. Uh, I think, well, younger. Isn't he, what, 26? He's 27, and he averaged 19.7 points and seven rebounds. Or 19 points and, I think, seven rebounds per 36 minutes on 44, 35, 89 shooting with a 55% true shooting percentage. He shot 54 and 43% on corner threes the last two seasons. Yeah, he'd be... I'm going to guess he gets more years than one or two. That's what it seems like to me, too. Uh, And good for him, by the way, because obviously I've always loved him, UConn, but I was worried once he got to the league. And then he's had a nice little development, you know, as he's kind of figured out the league a little bit. So, But I think he's going to be out of our price range, especially with the years, too. Um, Let me just check here. Did I – oh, oh. Jake Lehman in Portland. Is he is he a wing, technically? They, yeah, I, I would consider him a 3-4 I, hybrid. I don't think he's going to cost much at all. That's why I had him on my list. Like, he's one of those guys. He, he's restricted. Portland extended ah, the QO shit. to him. So that's out of the picture. And I was listening. Did you listen to Win Horst and Lowe today? No. Did you have time for that? They made it like Marcus Morris is going to get an absorbent really? amount of money. Like, uh, yes. what, did, what did you think he was going to get? I was thinking, like, say if they did get KD, like something like three years, 30 to 38 million. I'm guessing it's going to be more like three years, for like a 15 to 20 million dollar contract, the way they were talking. Okay. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to really be in, in the cards for us here, but I like he'd be one of those guys where if like you just got a Durant, let's say, and you just filled it out with like some wings and shooters, like some good role players, I would be perfectly fine throwing, I guess, a little bit more money at him. Like that, those are the kind of strong role players you'd want to hit on anyway, you know? So I think if you get one or two of those guys, like you'd still have some money left over, I'd imagine. 
Like, I'd be fine with that. But it's, again, it all depends on the situation. Any other wings or are we good to move to the big, more power forward, big forward position? Just real quick. I don't know if I – I saw this on a website. It said Terrence Ross was a free agent. Is he really a free agent? Yes. I, uh, he's, yeah, I think he'll like, get paid uh, though. I threw a – you could do yeah, I threw a question mark with money signs next to it because I assumed like he had a pretty damn good year in uh, Orlando. So I don't I, I would assume someone's going to throw money at him. Yeah, I think I think he's going to get paid. All right. So big forward. The only one I had that I would sink future cap space in is to Julius Randle. And Julius Randle, as we, we talked about him versus Russell, is probably my with his age and skill set. He's my top target after like the clear tier. If the plan, if you on that plan C, he's the guy I want to bring in most. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast for the duration of this existence, I've been on here multiple times back in the uh, the KP age. I won't say his full name for everyone who's going to yell at me, but um, I always wanted KP to get Randall as his running mate for the four or five, I thought that would have been a really fun pairing. And I've wanted him pretty much as soon as he got in the league. And then he took some really, uh, he had a really good last year with the Lakers and then they let him go. And he had a really good year with the Pelicans last year. Uh, I felt a little bit defensively, but um, he was really, really good. He scored a lot better. He was a little bit more efficient. I mean, he, he rebounds pretty well. He's, he can kind of push the pace of an offense. He can rebound and take it up the floor. Um, can kind of play make a tiny bit like I I'd be perfectly fine with that you need guys who are versatile like that so I would be fine sinking that money into Julius Randle as a plant seat even without any of the superstars like you know something that you and I have said often especially you is they need to start building a competitive basketball team like this to me would be a perfectly fine signing it doesn't make them supremely good but it makes them you know you, you add a very good player to the to the roster who's gonna really uh be productive and see where that gets you with some of the kids like there's nothing wrong with that like that's still part of the slow rebuild i think julius randall's still pretty young isn't he 24 25 uh 23 24. 24 so i mean that's still pretty young i think alonzo trier's 24 dotson's 24 like it it's still like he has more years, but the age is there. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a good player. fits the timeline. And again, the same thing with D'Angelo Russell. He's not going to cost as much as a Kevin Durant. Like that's still somebody who's young enough and good enough. And probably his contract isn't going to cripple the team. So if you wanted to use that as a trade chip in the next year or two, I would be fine with a three-year deal for that reason. But yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I like that a lot. Oh, Randall, I would give Randall a four-year deal and you say, hey, this guy is someone who's going to be a part of my core. Like, this is a guy and he's going to grow with this team. I have no problem giving Randall. Now, there's a, now there's a, on the per year basis, you're not giving him max money. You're looking, I would say 15 to 18 million would be about the price range I would be looking to pay him on a on a four-year deal if you gave him that type of security. I'd probably be fine with it. I, I just want him here. I think he's – if you're going to – if you're rolling with Mitch long-term, I think there's nothing wrong with getting, um, you know, locking Julius Randle up for a long time. If you think that that's a good pair and I think that could really work, I think that's fine. 
Now, in the one or two year deal, I, there's a bunch of guys I liked at the power forward position that I could think fit well with this team and what they should be trying to build, even though what would be smart and they should be trying to build apparently isn't in their plans. Uh, Mike Scott, Taj Gibson, Thaddeus Young, Jamichael Green, Meritich, Dragon Bender on the lower end. Dragon Bender would be like a vet minimum guy, like one of those rebuild projects. But the rest of them are all players I think you could sign to actually definitely be a part of your rotation that would bring some combination of either defense and shooting. Yeah, so I only really had the um, Fad Young and uh, Miritich on here. I think Miritich is a better defender than people are giving him credit for, especially with Milwaukee this year. He was really just a tough, tough son of a bitch in those games I was watching. Um, I, you know, seeing what I saw in, in Milwaukee for a, a good team that he's playing on, I wouldn't mind that. I assume he'd you know, remember how to play some of that defense with us next year and not just be a, a phenomenal three-point shooter. So I'd be perfectly fine with Miritich. And Thad Young is like one of those guys who's like a firmly good player that nobody talks about. Like, we know he's good. And that's it. Like, nobody ever brings him up. Like, I, I forget about him often. And then I see his name and I'm like, oh, Thad Young, that, that's, a good, uh, that's a good player. But... um I would take him. He's been really good with the Pacers the last couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, get Dragon Bender the fuck out my face. Uh, that guy is – I have no interest in him. Stop being I have, mean. I have less than zero interest. All right, let's go to centers. And then we'll go to trade some contract trade candidates that they could potentially take on. All right, so centers – be willing to cut into future cap space. Al Horford, yay or nay? I mean, I think knowing that they're considering giving DeMarcus Cousins a one-year deal now, I think that – does that change your answer to that? <sighs> <laughs> yes. You're coming to my side. Oh, God, man. Just – I don't – like – I. I think Al Horford's a hell of a, a, a basketball player. I would enjoy having him almost every season. But it's like, again, it's it's like the context. Like, I keep saying it, but he's one of those guys for me. Like, if if you're bringing in a superstar or at least a couple of stars, um, even if it's like Kemba and Tobias even, which I hope that they don't do that. But um, if you're bringing like a Horford or something after that, like, yeah, cool. Like, you're, you're making a run for it. You're making a push. But like – What's the point of signing Horford if he's just playing with the kids? Like he he's not really even an option for us unless he's we're a contender. He's looking for a contender. So if we make a signing to kind of get there or you know put a firm step in that direction, then absolutely I'll take Horford to make that push, but I mean he's getting old. I don't want to sign him and he's just on the wrong timeline and and it goes poorly either. Like it would just be kind of sad. So my counter argument to that, and I look, I think I would do it. And my counter are and and why I think you still get at least two good years out of him. The way he plays, I think he'll, he'll age. All right. So you get the two good years out of him, And then 
on the back end of the contract, even though you're overpaying, you paid for those two good years at the front end of it. And the group of kids the Knicks have are able to pick up the slack as he goes to a lesser role, as they improve and they're more entering their prime and they're no longer kids anymore. So that's the context. That's my argument for doing it. I completely understand not wanting not wanting to do it. But now even more knowing that like Emmanuel Moutier and DeMarcus Cousins are options, like I'm even more in favor of signing Al Horford to a ridiculous contract that is risky. All right, so one or two year deals. Kevon Looney, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I don't think it's realistic. The other two guys I brought up uh, that I thought would make sense as a solid backup center, Rashawn Holmes or Kylo Quinn. Why not bring him back? I, I look. I'm not. I wasn't. I liked Kylo Quinn when they first signed him. I thought it was going to be a good deal for them. I flipped very quickly and thought he was terrible. And then that last year he was here, he still has some flaws in his game that I didn't love, but he was serviceable and he played solid defense. And that's really all. And if I needed someone, I think he'd be a good guy to play 12 to 18 minutes a night behind Mitch. And that that's, that's the type of center the Knicks should be looking to sign, not boogie freaking. Yeah. Cousins. So on that note too, I have Robin Lopez for similar reasons. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. I so like I, I like Robin. I mean, he's, he's a quality backup. Like, I mean, he's a quality center in general, but he's another guy I think would, he's going to come in play good defense. He's going to get you rebounds and there shouldn't be a lot of drop off between him and Mitch. I mean, Mitch should be impacted games a hell of a lot more than Lopez is, but Lopez is no slouch. So, um, that's good. I didn't even think about Kyle O'Quinn and I almost agree exactly on your sentiments. I was excited when he came very disappointed the first year, but then that third year too, I learned, or well, that last year he was here. I learned that, uh, I think his issues were more personnel, like him having Doug McDermott around, like just a guy who can move constantly and shoot like Kylo Quinn found him a lot, like a lot on cuts. And he was making really good passes, not just easy passes. Like these were really good passes. He was hitting, you know, Doug with all the time from all different angles, from the block, from the, the post, the high post. I mean, he was just nailing him. So for me, like if you're going to, hopefully get a little bit more shooting. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you want that? I'd love if my backup center is like just flipping passes all around the court to just guys cutting constantly and shooting constantly. Like that would be beautiful. You know, that's one thing Mitch doesn't do. Like there's value there in a backup role. So um, I think I'm not, he's not a master assister, but for his position, like that's important. So I'd like to see Kyle Quinn back. Uh, I had no problems with him. You know what, as he left, I had no problems with him. So. That's that's a good one. All right, let's go to some. We talked about the possibility of taking contracts into space for an asset, whether it be another young player that's on a rookie contract or maybe some draft picks. The Hornets are a team that I would highly. So one thing, and Windhorse brought this up on the podcast, and he said. This was actually a smart idea from the Knicks. Like, I, I had so many much positive vibes coming into this time. It all just got ruined. Windhorse brought up that, yes, they would do something like this, 
but they wanted it to be for a player that would be useful and not just like a big contract that was going to get in the way. Similar to what Enos Cantor did for them. Like they had to, they needed a contract to take on in the mellow trade. So Enos Cantor was the guy they had to deal with to get the Bulls second round pick, which was a solid asset. And that kind of screwed them up for basically a year and a half while he was on the team that they had to deal with whatever that was that Enos Cantor was. So I, I don't have someone like Hassan Whiteside on this list. Now, look, situational. Same, the, the same thing with Chris, that just the basic same thing that I brought up when we talked about Chris Paul. If there's if it, there comes a point where if you get such a stupid amount of stuff, you just go you, you you have to deal with it and you you go along with it. I don't think the Heat would be willing to do that, but so that that's my context to that. So on the Hornets, the reason I bring them up, Marvin Williams, one year, fifteen million dollars. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, thirteen million dollars, both on expiring contracts. I think you could slide. Look, are they Marvin? Marvin would be maybe my top target on this entire list, just be as a stretch four that can play some defense. Like that would really open up the court for Dennis and Mitch and Barrett. Like I think he'd be a perfect fit for what this team is looking for. Yeah, um, I don't really disagree with that either. Um, yeah, I think Marvin Williams could definitely be very useful. Um, I don't. I. Batum would be – that's a lot of money. I, I'm i kind of open to it depending what they got back. Yeah. Like if the Hornets went, we'll give you Miles Bridges to take Batum on and a pick, I would do it. And because he's still useful. Like you could play Batum with, say, whoever. Like that help – that he'll help you make you a better team. Is he worth that money? No. But – if I got the right pieces with him, I would I would do it because it's only two years. It's not like it's three or four years. Yeah, I I get it a little bit, but I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, no, no, no you, you you're, you're right. Out. You can get you can get you can get out of it if you need to. Also, like if if in 2020 Anthony Davis wants to come and you need to free up that cap space, you trade the draft picks to free up the cap space, and it's fine, and you're okay with it. Or else, if no one's here, it's he plays for you another year and then you have the money open when the better draft when the better free agent class comes along in 2021 so if i got the right pieces i would do it that's fair depends on the assets it's fair but well, i don't know would, would be a little tougher for me i i think yeah if you can target just it's it's it gives me a peace of mind when they go after just the expiring deals like once i got over the kp trade and saw how many guys were just you know, off the books this year. It gave me some relief that like, you know, maybe not that they're going to build this team the right way, but at least there's a chance to retool instead of waiting it out. So I, I would just like that peace of mind again, even if the 2020 class isn't all that. And I know you're saying you can get out of it, but uh, for me, I'd rather just, we, we finally got the books really clear here. I'd like to lessen my hurdles, but um Marvin Williams, I think, yeah, I think he could be good. I think he, like you said, he fits well. Um, he could be, yeah, he could be useful. He really could be useful. I could get, I could talk myself into that pretty easily. Uh the Mavs, Dwight Powell, ten million dollars, basically just the backup center that would fill. I know I 
talked about not spending resources, but if they would give up, I don't know what assets they have. It would be taking a future pick really down the line, but have him come in and be your backup center and take something else from the Mavs. I'd be open to that. Uh, the Rockets, Eric Gordon is, he's one of the guys towards the top of the I would list agree. that I would like. The only problem, the only problem with that is I don't know if you could just get him and get something from the Rockets. He might be good enough where there's enough teams intrigued by him that you might actually have to give something up to get him. Yeah, it depends. Um, I, don't, I mean, what, what do you think that we'd have to give up for Gordon? Just uh, a pickback? Like a? I mean, what do you think? I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. So I'm trying to gauge his value in the sense of their context because they're trying to shed salary. So maybe a couple second round picks. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't mind that. I don't think I'd mind that. Would I? I, I was ta- talking about that. If we could get PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon from them, and it, there was a report that the Knicks didn't. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to bring that up. Um, if they, if you could get Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker, I would give up one of the the protected maps pick down the road. Is I look at it like this. One, you're making your team better immediately. Two, if it comes down to it, you could flip those guys at the trade deadline and turn them into other stuff. So it's not just like um you're giving up an asset and not getting anything. You're either you you're gonna make your team better, plus if it's not to the point where you're gonna make the playoffs, you're gonna go around and be able to trade those guys to contenders for something pretty good. What's Tucker's contract? I think it's like one year, eight million left, and Gordon has like oh, fourteen million left. Let me. I'm gonna go check that right okay. now. So that would take up like twenty one million of your cap space if you did that. Yeah, Tucker's making eight. Million yeah, okay, dollars. that's not that bad. Um, yeah, I mean, and. Look, it goes through 2021, but only it's only seven million, and there's only two million of it guaranteed. That makes me like it even more because that means you have PJ Tucker on your team the following year, also at less than eight million dollars. So it's that's not only trading for something for this year, just for an expiring. You actually have PJ on your team for two years. That that brings even more value to it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily mind that. Um, I'd obviously enjoy a move like that more if they at least had one star in the hand, but again to the whole point of like we have to watch competitive basketball at some point and they do have to have some contracts in the book to, to eat up some of that money um yeah i mean i'd especially be down for eric gordon i just think he fits more for what we need right now but if you can get pj i it's not the end of the world i think that's probably fine the clippers would you take gallo back i love me some gallo um 22 what did he have a player option this year that he's going to opt in for. I would assume so. I just know it was a. It was a. He has one year. All that I wrote down was one year. He has twenty two million for the next season coming up. I doubt they need to cle- end up clearing the space. It doesn't seem like they're going to need to. Shams basically just reported that the Warriors and Clay are meeting this weekend, and if it's a, if they offer him five years, one hundred and ninety million, it's going to be done in a second. So I, I would expect that happen. Maybe Jimmy Butler goes with Kawhi, possibly. So it's, I would guess that they just keep him because it sounds like either Kawhi 
goes alone or they, they're just not going to get him at all. I'd be willing to bet that he's just resigning in Toronto at this point. But so so then I mean that scenario just goes out the window because they're not going to need. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's sort of to your point before about um, like the, I think the Nick Batum contract. Like if if you needed to move him, you could, you know, or like I. I well, it's only one. It's different because it's right. only one year, not two. Batum. Right. That's what I. That's what I mean. I think Gal's Gal's a very good player. He's very productive. He was pretty much healthy last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when he's healthy, he's good. We knew this. It's just he has a problem staying healthy. But even still, he had a good year. Um, yeah, there's really no reason to cut him or you know move him unless you absolutely have to, which I'm sure there's going to be suitors pretty easily. So, um, yeah, I don't think – I mean, I would take him. I would take him back. If they needed to do that, I would take him back. Absolutely. At the Heat or another team that have a bunch of bad contracts, there's two guys I'd look at here. One is Goran Dragic. If you can get him for $19 million, you could play him with Dennis or Frank or any of the other guards. And it's nine, and uh, it's only a one-year deal. The other idea I had, and it's, this is a little bit more out there, if they were so desperate, would they be willing to give up Justice Winslow? He has two years, $26 million left on his deal with a team option for 13 million in year three. He, the defense, the passing, he'd be an interesting, now the shooting lacks and that hurts, especially with what the Knicks have on their roster. But he kind of reminds me of, he has some, now Anthony Mason was so much more efficient offensively than him, but that's the type of role, like that, that point forward type guy. And he would bring a little bit of an ingredients, the Knicks, don't have. I would have a lot of fun watching him and Mitch together, and I wouldn't mind committing some, especially with his age. I wouldn't mind committing some long-term money to someone like that. I don't, I don't necessarily mind it, but I just don't know how well it fits with this particular team, where we have guys who figure to have the ball in their hands a whole lot. Whether it's Dennis Smith or RJ, are probably going to really have the ball often as the offensive initiators. We know that. Uh, Fizdale gave the ball to Kevin Knox a hell of a lot last year to try to make something happen. So I don't know that with what the plan seems like it would be, if Winslow's skill set is going to really fit a whole hell of a lot. Um, I mean, he just kind of became an effective player once they let him do that point forward thing. So I think if you're kind of restricting his ability to do that, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So while I enjoy, I wanted him in that draft, the KP draft, I wanted him. Like that was my guy who I would have bet the house on. Like I was, this is why we, we, we can't ever take draft stuff uh, as seriously as we do every year because people are incredibly wrong all the time. But yeah, I, I think I, I'd enjoy him, but I, I think it's a, a bad fit. I You kind of, the points you brought up are actually kind of, changed my mind on that and it doesn't really make sense to bring him on with Barrett Smith and them kind of in the mix that it wouldn't be really logical so I you know what I'm, I'm an open-minded person you brought up some smart points and I'm, I'm I can't I believe you just mind. said those words yeah all right uh Timberwolves if the Timberwolves want to free up some money to get D'Angelo Russell I wonder if they I, Jeff Teague was a guy with one year left on his deal and 19 million that I thought I'd be 
that would make some sense. I'm going to run through some other guys quickly because this has been going on forever. Because the breaking news kind of broke up the plan I had in place. Thunder, Andre Roberson, $10 million. Suns, Tyler Johnson, $19 million. Could be like a combo guard off the bench. Uh, Blazers, Mo Harkless, $11 million. We're all we're the four last guys I had under this concept that I think could contribute something to the team this year, plus not eat into future future money and get you an asset with with it. Yeah, I'd be pretty down for Roberson. Um, I'd be pretty down for Harkless. I, I don't really, honestly, I don't want more ball handlers. I'm not trying to get frustrated, you know, with with the lock jam at that position where we need guys to have the ball because. I feel like, well, for example, if, if you get Tyler Johnson, like he's still going to play. You know Fizdale's going to play him. So I, I I get your argument with Teague. I think Tyler Johnson doesn't isn't a guy who you need to be initiating the offense. Yeah, like he, he can play off the ball, but I just don't – like I wonder how much of his minutes are going to eat into RJ's because he is a pretty good basketball – he makes too much money, but he's a pretty good basketball player. So I don't know – like for me at this point, like if we're talking about this is like the last plan is to just take those contracts on, get draft compensation. Like at that point for me, that's me thinking RJ is going to get every opportunity in the world. Dennis is going to get every opportunity in the world. Just the less of those guys we could block them with, the better. Like I'd be better if it was, you know, more forwardy, like the Harklesses. Like that's that's fine. Or Roberson who's never going to sniff a basketball. He's just looking to come in and play defense. Like. I think that's more what I'd be after. Any final thoughts that you want to add as we wrap this up? Um, yeah, uh, we were a little bit uh, delayed with the, the draft reaction stuff, but uh, we got RJ Barrett. I'm very, very excited. Um, we have talked about him in length, so you all know all of our thoughts on it, but uh, very excited. We've been talking about RJ Barrett for like six for literally three or four Except, months now. So, yeah, the, the thought yeah, very excited. about there. Yeah, and the Knicks are going to ruin my excitement. Oh, and uh, for all of you guys who came to the bar crawl, which was a bunch of you, um, thank you. It was a good time. Uh, good. A lot of you guys, you know, interact with us on social media somehow. A lot of you guys follow me on Twitter. So uh, really good to put some of the faces to the names that I see online all the time. So we're going to look to be doing more of those events. Um, we did them a little bit more in the past where we tried to get things going. I think we did another, uh, like a game watch party, but we got some stuff that we'd like to incorporate doing regularly, um, with you guys. So stay tuned, obviously, but, oh, and, uh, check out, um, we dropped a bunch of Maple Mamba merchandise for our new Lord and Savior, RJ Barrett. So if you go to design tree slash the Knicks wall, um, I'll, spell the link out for you in a second but you'll be able to find i think we have four designs up there we have the maple mamba jersey which has been the uh the popular one so far so it's delightful just it's number nine with the maple mamba uh nickname in the back uh we have a standard maple mamba tea which is just rj barrett and his face next to a maple leaf and a snake we have an rj and y shirt which is just his face with uh those abbreviations underneath. And then my personal favorite is the Yo, I'm a Nick shirt. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'll paint you a picture. It's just that sentence and fun kind of 90s writing. And the O in Yo is RJ Barrett's face. You should buy that t-shirt. Um, so yeah, it's the link is design tree 
dot com slash the next wall. That's D S G N tree.com slash the next wall. Remember how I said at the beginning of the podcast that I was indifferent whether they signed Durant now or not? Yeah. That's no longer true. They better sign Durant. Be, yeah. Well, I, honestly, after you drop Emmanuel Moutier and Demarcus Cousins on me, I'll be elated. Elated. You know, it'd be interesting too is if, and I mean this sincerely. I, I honestly do. And again, you're going to disagree and I get it. It's fine. Maybe they're signing him to a big one-year deal because they know Kyrie or a second star isn't coming, but they know that KD is. So they're bringing KD with Boogie, basically, hoping Boogie shows something or whatever little experiment they're going to run with Mitchell Robinson works out. Like, are they maybe just trying to get the best talent available however they can get it? As someone who loves Boogie, it just spending $25 million on a center is so asinine. I, even if they sign KD and they did that with Boogie, you're, you're going to need a new co- You're going to need a new co-host. Yeah, I, I figured. So I, yeah, again, I didn't think you'd be down for it, but like, that's all I'm trying to think about is that they're trying to say, and, and it, I, I, I'm talking myself into it at this point because I love Boogie and I'm just trying to find reasons that this could or should work. But are you trying to show that maybe you're more player friendly? You're going to give a guy coming off. Stop, stop Kyle. Right, no. right. No, Ten no, point no. Ahead time? I am not allowing you to do this. All right. Well, All they, right. They, they heard it. They heard it. So they can talk themselves into it now. As Kyle talks himself into this, we are going to end this edition of the TKW podcast. Oh, <laughs>